You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is Philip Rossman-Reich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, and you are watching the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Today is December 17th, 2017. If you're listening to this on Locked On Magic, it's December 18th, 2017. I'll talk about the Orlando Magic's game against Detroit Pistons on Locked On Magic after we get through the Facebook Live as the Magic are set to play the Pistons today at 4 p.m. If you're watching on the Facebook Live, be sure to leave your comments in the comments section. It is right down there, there, right down there. Um, uh, you can you can leave a comment, interact with the show live. If you're listening on Locked On Magic, remember you can watch your Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live every Sunday at noon, facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. I haven't decided if we'll have one next Sunday because of the holiday season. Um, it being Christmas Eve and all, so we'll we'll you know maybe we'll do something special. Maybe we'll do just a special quick mailbag episode if, if anyone wants to hop in and uh, and send me their questions. Uh, but I answer your questions here every week here on the Facebook Live. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about everything wrong with the Orlando Magic. Uh, you know, pretty much anything you can think of that's wrong about the Magic: statistics, rotations, injuries, Aaron Gordon being out, Jonathan Isaac being out. Everything. Everything is on the table today, and I'm going to point out a few specific things that I think are definitely prescient about this team. Um, but I, I, I want to start today talking about um, talking about what we saw Friday night. Um, Friday night uh, against Portland, uh, 95 to 80, a 95 88 loss. Yeah, I think it was 95 88. 95 88 loss to the Portland Trailblazers at the Amway Center. It was a confusing game to me. Um, you know, it, 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 not confusing in, 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 in a lot of, in some ways, because it, it definitely felt like the Magic just could not get themselves over the hump. Their offense really struggled to get itself going. They were there every time it seemed like they were ready to make a big momentum play. Um, they, they couldn't quite match it down. I mean, I, 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 I love this quote. It's a baseball quote. Momentum is the next day's pitcher. So yeah, it's great to make a, make a big block shot. It's great to make a big dunk that brings a lot of energy. But that means nothing if you don't get a stop on the other end. And every time it seemed like the Magic made those big momentum plays, they'd either get a stop and then miss, miss it, or they'd get, get that steal and miss a three-pointer. Or they, they just could not capitalize on the momentum that they were building, and, and Portland obviously maintained the lead. And, and even until the very end, Orlando brought some urgency, got the lead back down to five, but it, it never really felt like Orlando was going to win that game or, or, or come back in that game. Portland took control in the second quarter and never really let go. And why they took control is something we'll talk about in just a bit. But um, the, 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 the thing that really caught my eye or, or was a little confusing after the game, and not so much confusing because I, I do agree with Vogel on this front, um, you know, Frank Vogel and, and a couple of players, and Nikola Vucevic even said this too, said that the effort and energy from the team was good. And I, I'll generally agree with that. The effort and energy was good from the team. I thought they played very good defense. They gave themselves a chance to win. If you're giving up 95 points, you give yourself a chance to win in this league, especially with how we know the Magic are capable of playing. But everyone seemed to say, you know, if we play with this kind of effort, we're going to be fine. Um, and, you know, I, it, it was definitely a focus from, from Frank Vogel after the Magic's loss to the LA Clippers on Wednesday. Um, the, the, the way the Magic played Wednesday, they gave up a few too many of those easy transition points. They gave up a few too many of kind of just 
easy plays that you don't want to give up. But it 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 it, it just it, it felt like the focus didn't need to be on energy. I mean, we've talked about energy plenty of times, and and especially with a team so hurt, if you're not playing with energy, well, what use are you? Um. So. Friday's game, the Magic play with better energy. And I think I can agree with that to, to some extent. Or if, if I'm willing to give that to, to the team and say, okay, yes, you guys played with the proper energy, you played with the proper um, intensity, then that leaves another question. Why did the Magic struggle so much? Why did it never feel like the Magic could win that game? Certainly injuries play a role. Magic are still down Terrence Ross. They're still down Aaron Aflalo. They're still down Evan Fournier. They're still down Jonathan Isaac. Aaron Gordon left the game Friday in the fourth quarter with a calf strain, and he will miss Sunday's game against the Detroit Pistons because of it. So I- injuries play a role, but I don't think that's the whole deal. Because Orlando was fine at the beginning of the game. I think what we are seeing and one of the big struggles that we are seeing is the Magic don't play the players in the right spots or they don't run the rotations that enable them to win. You know, I think fans have criticized Frank Vogel's rotations ever since he came to Orlando. Uh, I think that that was actually a criticism that carried over from Indiana. Vogel trusts his bench. He trusts his guys. And he runs a 10-man rotation. And honestly, the flame, the, the, honestly, the, the, the thing that is developing throughout the season, especially as, as injuries have kind of ravaged the roster, is this is not a particularly deep team. Well, at the beginning of the year, this was one of the best benches in the league. DJ Augustin was scoring well. You know, Jonathan Simmons was coming off the bench and scoring well. Maurice Fates was making shots. The team is receded a lot. The team has really struggled with its bench, and and it has slowly faded to the bottom of the league. I'm pulling up the stats right now, so excuse me if I'm a little bit uh, quiet here. The Orlando Magic now have the 23rd best bench in the league, so the 8th worst bench in the league. Minus 5.5 different uh, efficiency differential according to hoopstats.com so this is this is a team that it cannot rely on its bench especially with all the injuries especially with the team stretched so thin with its bench And the question has to be asked, why is Frank Vogel continuing to put out all bench units? I look at the the beginning of the second quarter specifically. Beginning of the second quarter, the Magic put out a lineup of DJ Augustin, Shelvin Mack, Wessa Wundu, Maurice Bates, Bismack Bianca. First thing, where are you getting your offense there? Yeah, Augustin can create a little bit. Space can kind of spread the floor, but who on that team is, who on that lineup is anyone afraid of offensively? And it's no surprise that when you look at the stats, 
that team's offensive rating in about 20 minutes of play is in the 80s. That is not good. That's not a good offensive unit. And while their defense is very good in, in somewhere in the 90s, there is no offense in that unit. And it was no surprise that Orlando, down by four to start the second quarter, gave up six quick points and found themselves down by 10. And that was virtually the deficit the rest of the game. Yes, and, and I'll, I'll grant this, that group recovered after a timeout, only gave up one point in their run, but you can just feel the energy getting sucked out of the building when that unit comes in. When that second unit comes in, the Magic are just unable to maintain and carry on, carry on their momentum. And that's a problem, obviously. And I get that Frank Vogel doesn't rely too much on his starters. You don't want to play your starters too heavy minutes, get them more tired, leave them more vulnerable to injury when you're already so hurt. But at the very least, you've got to stagger your lineups. You've got to find a way to make sure a Jonathan Simmons, a Nikola Vucevic, an Aaron Gordon, uh, or a even an Alfred Payton, I guess, is with that group to give it some stability. And even though I, I, you know, I'm not going to completely discount that these are guys that Vogel trusts, I think at some point you gotta try a different rotation. Maurice Spates and Bismack Biombo don't work well together. Maurice Spates um, is struggling to shoot the ball in December. I mean, you look at his December stats, they are not pretty. And again, I'm going to pull this up real fast. Um, uh, I saw, I think it was John Schumann tweet this out about Spates' shooting. And it's not pretty, to say the least. Maurice Spates in December. Maurice Spates for the year is shooting 36.4% from beyond the arc, which is not bad. Only 36.9% overall because he's mostly shooting threes. But in December, in December, Spates is shooting just four for 33 and two for 18 from beyond the arc. I've written this numerous times in my grades posts when I talk about Spates. When Spates is not hitting shots, when Spates is not hitting shots, he is pretty much useless. And I, and I'm, you know, I, I, and yeah, he does create some charges and, and he does some okay things defensively, but he's not a defender. And so when he's not making shots, it, it's hard to find his value on the floor. And that's an opportunity that that you know maybe you go to an Adrian Payne, you know, a rookie who is. Or not a rookie, but but a young player who you could bring some energy in. And Payne is okay. He's not a great player. He's not someone you want to rely on long-term. This is where the Magic really missed Jonathan Isaac. And we'll talk about Isaac in just a moment when I get to your comments here. When I run through the comments real fast. But very, very clearly. Very, very clearly the Magic have a rotation problem. And it's not all Frank Vogel's fault. He's got a lot of bad options. Like I said, Adrian Payne isn't going to change anything. If you've watched Adrian Payne play, he's got some skill, but there's a reason he's in the G League after being a first-round pick. 
And so I think that Vogel has to be willing to experiment with his rotations a little bit. If his team is, is going to play hard, which they all seem to think that they did on Friday, if they're going to play hard, if they're going to do all the things that they need to do to win, that means it's now on the coach to put them in a position to win. And right now, the Magic can't afford these lulls. They can't afford the starters having to come in and just do everything. That's unfair to ask of them. It's unfair to you know for Nikola Vucevic to have to play at this incredibly high level that he's playing at right now. And make up for, the, for this lost time. Now, there's no easy answer to this either. Staggering the starters, you know, Jonathan Simmons tends to pound the pound the air out of the ball. He's really struggled in this stretch, or has been inconsistent at the very least. Um, the Magic are missing a lot of key pieces, and having Aaron Gordon back Friday helped a ton. And obviously, they're going to miss him again for however long he's out. I, I don't know how long he's going to be out. So the Magic need to be whole again. Let's let's make that clear. The Magic need to get get healthy again. And if they get healthy again, then we can maybe start talking about some of these things. But right now, Vogel needs to find a lineup that works. The lineup he trusts is not a lineup that works. And I have my theories why, and which I which maybe I'll get into in a little bit later. But for the Magic to survive this period with that with the injuries, they need to change something with their rotations. And I think that's that's abundantly clear. Now, obviously, late in the game, maybe you do go with some funkier lineups. Um, you know, a lot of people criticize Vogel for going with the Shelvin Mack, DJ Augustin, Alfred Payton backcourt. Um, I don't think that that's as bad as people think it is. Um, I think that Mack is just a guy that Vogel trusts a lot more than a one-do right now. And a one-do is just... I love Wes Owundu. I think he's 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 really played well, but he's afraid to shoot the ball right now, and, and you can't have that late in games. You got to be got to have guys who, who know what they're doing and are, and are ready and willing to shoot. And so I think that's a big part of why we're seeing those lineups, and we're only seeing them late in games. So it, it, at the end of games, yes, it's a matter of trust. You go to you go to the guys you trust, and and it's tough for an Adrian Payne who's only been with the team for a week to build trust. It's tough for a Jamel Artis who's only been with the team for a week and didn't even go through training camp with this team to gain trust. So they've got to gain, they got to gain trust where they can. But at some point you got to try something new too. Because the Magic have lost, what, 13 of their last 16 games? Something has got to give. Something has got to change. If the Magic are going to make that little push. And that's obviously one of the questions that we're getting here. Uh, Nick Provey asked, season over. Simple, season over. Um, I don't think the season's over. The Magic are only five games out of the final playoff spot, so it is slipping away. Let's not be, let's not be unrealistic. It is slipping away. This is a point in the schedule that, that, we, that I noted last week um, that the Magic have to take advantage of, that this, was, that this was a moment where the Magic needed to pick up some wins. They're not... Um, you know, I, I, I told everyone that we're going to know by the end of December whether this is a team that's going to make a playoff push or not. They need to stay in contact for the final playoff spot if they wanted to, if they want to, uh, to, to make a postseason push. Um, they obviously haven't. And so I'm not ready to say the season's over. Uh, I think there's still a lot of time left in the year, a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I, I know I've talked to some people who are like, who have pretty much said, 
if the Magic can get through these injuries, if the Magic can get healthy again, they're good enough to make a little bit of a push. They're, they're going to win games once they get healthy. Um, and that's obviously once, if, all that stuff. Um, but I tend to agree with that to some extent. Um, I think that if the Magic can get themselves healthy, they have enough talent to start winning games again. Um, they're just stretched so thin right now. Um, you know, this is not a team that could sustain multiple injuries to key guys. Um, they got some tweaking they need to do, obviously, um, even with the start, even with everyone healthy. Um, but this is this is not a team that could survive this kind, these kind of like little nagging injuries, um, kind of throwing their season off. Um, obviously, everyone was healthy when they were losing, when they were going through the losing streak, or most everyone was healthy when they were going through the losing streak. Um, so there are obviously some deeper problems as well, but. Um, I generally think that the Magic are better than what they've shown because they've, they've missed their talent. And so I don't think the season's over, but you know it's getting it's going to be at a critical phase very, very soon where the Magic will have to pick up wins, where the Magic will have to try and steal some games somewhere, uh, and, and the Magic will, will have to find a way to keep pace, if anything. I mean, that's, that's the big deal right now is just keep pace, stay on the race, uh, and give yourself a chance when you do get healthy. And, and that's really what the Magic are struggling to do right now. Where you know, even if they would have played 500 basketball in this in this nine game stretch um, after December second or or, or, or start, starting last week, even if they played about 500 basketball, I think that would have kept them in the race. But but they got to stay in the race, and right now they are fading, um, you know, into the into the depths of the East, and you know maybe that's what they really want in the end um, with some of the players available in this draft. I've started doing some draft prep. I'm watching some players for the first time, um, and and there are some good players in this draft, but. Um, and players that I think fit what the Magic need, too. Uh, but you don't want to talk about that in December. I, I still think it's way too early to get into it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll hit the halfway point of the season in January. Again, I think that's when we'll really know whether this team can make a push or not. Um, and honestly, if they're still within five games uh, at that stretch and they start getting healthy, then we'll see. The, the, the key, I think, for the Magic is once they get healthy, whenever they get Evan Fournier back, which I imagine will be before the end of the end of the new year, uh, before the end of the year. Um, when they get Jonathan Isaac back, which I imagine will be this week. Um, I'll talk about him in a minute. Um, and whenever they get Aaron Gordon back, which again, I imagine will be within the next week or so. Um, when they get all those guys back, they got to pick up wins pretty much immediately. They can't They can't wait to integrate those players. They got to hit the ground running and get themselves going. Um, Nick also followed up and asked, do you think there's something wrong with the locker room, something behind the scenes? No, I, I really don't think there's anything wrong behind the scenes, um, you know, as far as uh, chemistry issues. I think the guys generally like each other. Um, I, I, I've never sent, I mean, there have been times in the past where I've sensed that, that the team, the locker room was a little bit clicky. Um, you know, there, there are definitely some some, guy, some guys in last year's locker room that maybe were a little more aloof than than, 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 than you, would, you would hope or want them to be. Um, but... Uh, I don't think that there's a problem in the locker room. Uh, honestly, I think the Magic's problems has all, have always been one talent. They don't have the talent to compete at, at a high level for very, very long. And, and obviously, you know, you, you rise and fall on your talent. Uh, and so I think the Magic have struggled there. And I think the other place that the Magic have really struggled with is just kind of general leadership. Um, Vooch is a good guy. Evan's a good guy. Um, you know, they're trying to be better leaders, but they, you know, I, I, I think they struggle to take over games, necessarily. Um, Vooch has done a better job of it of late, but maybe doing it a little bit too late. Um, he's, he's, just, he's just a very kind of laid-back, passive guy in, in, in a lot of ways. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm that way, too. Um, but 
I think what the Magic are really missing um, is winning experience. They need a guy who has been in battles uh, and can do something about it uh, to to push the team up, to, to, to teach the team sort of how to win. And that's that's something the Magic have missed for, for five years now, where they don't have a guy that can really kind of demand respect from the whole team. And, and you know, you're, someone, you're probably sitting there saying, well, what about Jonathan Simmons? He played with the Spurs. Well, he played two years with the Spurs coming off the bench. That's not the kind of winning experience you're hoping for. And, you know, he I think he tries to do it. And I think even, you know, against Atlanta last week, we saw Simmons really push the team to a higher level and in the way that you want. But he can't do it all the time. He's just so inconsistent with his shot. He forces a lot of his drives, which is, which is what you signed him to do. And that's better coming off the bench rather than the starting lineup. And so I think Orlando, they really need a starter who can lift everyone up, who can, when things seem to be going wrong, can kind of get everyone focused and back on track. I mean, even Evan Fournier said there's a certain point where it becomes, oh, here, here we go again. Um, it's, it, it, I don't want to use the word culture because I don't think it's a culture issue. Um, I think it's just a human nature issue. Um, and it, I think, honestly... As much as I like some of the players on this team and agree that they're kind of in the wrong roles for their ultimate success, I think it's why we need to see some players cycle out. Um, you know, if there's if, if if someone's asking what's wrong with the locker room, um, you know, there there has been this notion going around that Evan and Aaron don't like each other or or kind of look each other off. And yeah, I think that there's a little bit of players trying to do too much um, when things are going wrong. I think there's a lot, I think Evan and Vooch especially, they've been here for so long. Aaron, to some extent, Jonathan Simmons, for sure. When things are going wrong, they try to put it all on their shoulders and do too much. And I've talked about this several times when the magic are struggling offensively, that's when they need to, that's when they need to work together more rather than work apart more. And it seems like when things are really struggling, that's when we see guys try and do too much on their own. And, and I think that's maybe where some of this is coming from. I don't sense any problem in the locker room. I think that the guys like each other. Um, I think that they believe in each... I think that they believe that this team is better and they're, they're disappointed and frustrated with how the team is playing and, and trying to fight through the injuries. Um, but they're just not able to execute right now. And so I think the issue is more talent than anything else. Donald Alhampton second asks, I'm starting to... Or, or comments, I'm starting to think that Aaron Gordon is fragile, injury-prone. Um... I'm not willing to say that yet. Um, yeah, he's had a lot of injuries over the, over the course of his career. Um, the broken jaw, the you know, the, the he fractured his foot. Um, he you know uh, his rookie year he fractured his foot before sophomore year he broke his jaw. Had a severely sprained ankle entering last season, but um, this year obviously concuss- he had a con- he missed time with a sprained ankle earlier in the year. He has a concussion, strained his calf. The one thing you notice is aside from sprained ankles, which every basketball player goes through. The thing you notice is they're all different injuries, um, and they're different parts of the body. Um, injuries are random. Let's—I mean, unless it's something recurring, injuries are random. So I'm not going to look at Aaron Gordon coming back from a concussion and straining his calf in the first game back as some sign that he's injury prone. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think that he's had a lot of bad injury luck, and none of the issues that he's had are recurring. I mean, he's had two concussions. In the NBA, and so maybe concussions might be a recurring thing thing for him. But again, concussions are kind of random. They're kind they kind of happen on freak plays. They're not, you know, they're not just these random injuries that happen. Um, so yeah, Gordon has taken a lot of hits and taken a lot of injuries, but they've all been very different. And and I don't think I, I think the juxtaposition of Gordon coming back from the concussion and then leaving with a strained calf the same game is creating this perception that he's injury prone. But really, that's just random. 
And the strained calf, I don't think, is anything serious. I think we'll see him back. It wouldn't surprise me if he's back Wednesday against Chicago because they have so much time off between Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, and certainly I think he'll be back by Friday against New Orleans, if not uh, if not the game after. Um, I just don't see Gordon as missing a lot of time. So um, I, I don't think that that is an issue. Um, Jimmy Mutter asks, how about our rookie, um, Jonathan Isaac? It's been the longest ankle injury outside of Grand Hill. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been It's been more than a month now. It's been five weeks since he sprained his ankle up in Denver. Um, season's gone off the rails since then. Orlando was 8-4. and four. They just beat the Phoenix Suns. Um, when Isaac went down, they're now 11-19, and 19, so uh, they've lost you know, 15 of their last 18 games or something like that. Um, so obviously the Magic have really missed Jonathan Isaac um, in a lot of ways, although I don't think he's enough to kind of pull the team completely out of the rut. I think that he will help the bench tremendously. Um, I think that this would have been a great opportunity to really see what he got. Um, um, and so... You know, there's, there is definitely, um, definitely a a uh, 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 an anticipation for Isaac to return. I mean, obviously, I think I think we all know what he can do, and want to see him continue to grow. Um, and, and I just think the I think the Magic underreported the injury, to be honest. Um, you know, I think that that's that's just, you know, unfortunate that you know that 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 maybe they didn't they weren't completely honest with the media. Um, but um, you know, we have to take them at their word for it. Um, ankles are notoriously tricky. Um, it, you know, you, you, you never, you, yes, sprained ankles usually don't take this long. Maybe it was a high ankle sprain rather than a regular ankle sprain. Those do take this long. Um, and, although that, although the role that he had didn't look like a high ankle sprain to me, but, um, you know, who knows? Um, you know, I've, I, I'll say this, and I'm not going to throw the Magic's doctors under the bus, but I, I once sprained my ankle, uh, rolled my ankle pretty hard, um, to, to the point where I couldn't put weight on my foot. I went to the doctor. They took some, they took some x-rays. And initially, they thought it was just a high ankle sprain, um, and they were going to send me out with a brace on my, with like a little ankle support brace on my foot. And I'm like, my, and I was literally sitting there like, my foot is still puffy, and there's no way I can put weight on this. Uh, and they reviewed it again and found that I had actually fractured my foot. So that's how tricky these things are. Doctors get this wrong. I mean, and I'm, I'm not an elite athlete or anything, but um, doctors get this wrong. But Isaac's been on the court now for two, three weeks, doing the off, uh, you know, off court drill, uh, non contact drills. Um, he practiced full Thursday. I think the Magic held him out Friday as a precaution. If this were April and the Magic absolutely needed a win, I think Isaac would have played Friday. So it wouldn't surprise me if right after this show ends, we get word that Isaac's playing. I think at the very worst, Isaac will play Wednesday. They're going to practice in Chicago on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and so that'll be more time for the Magic to kind of get his conditioning back up and get him back to speed. So uh, yeah, it, it's weird that it took this long with Jonathan Isaac, but it looks like he'll be back very, very soon. Um, looking at some of the other comments, a lot of comments about Frank Vogel. A lot of people think that he might be gone at the end of the year. Um, my approach with Vogel has been, just like all the players, he's going to get evaluated. I don't think they'll fire him midseason because while we want to talk about the playoffs and while I think the playoffs should be a goal for this team, um, I don't think it, that that's necessarily the, the end-all, be-all for the Magic on that. And, and in any case... You don't fire a coach unless you know who you want to go after. So um, I, I think that, that that they're fine with Vogel for now. I think the pressure for Vogel will really ramp up next year, um, depending on what the Magic do. Um, a lot of a lot of people agreeing that that Vogel's done the best with what he can with the roster. Um, although there have been uh, some funky lineups. So a lot of people, and and I, I I've talked about this on the show. I've I've written about this a little bit. Um, Vogel to me. Um, has done a, done a lot with very very little, uh, and 
Um, you know, I think that the magic have changed coaches so much, you got to put it on the players. The players have not changed. Um, Alvaro Gulan comments, what are your thoughts on Peyton? Um, what aren't my thoughts on Peyton? Uh, you know, I want to believe in Alfred Peyton. Um, you know, I want to believe in him, but, uh, you know, every time I watch him play, it's just, I'm not impressed. You know, this is a guy who's been a three-year starter, um, who, um, this is a guy who, who, who's been a three-year starter now, four-year starter this, this year, uh, and it just doesn't seem like he has a great command of his team. Um, it, it just, it doesn't feel like he is able to make the plays to kind of get the team out of funks. And I think that, more than anything, says a lot. A lot of people want to talk about his shooting. And I don't think his shooting is the issue. His, his issue has always been his defense. He is, he is an average, at best, defender and a poor defender most of the time. And that's really tough to get around. And offensively, he, he adds a little bit. But it, it's certainly not the impact that he had at the end of last season. And I think we can all kind of sense the writings on the wall for him. That the Magic aren't going to re-sign him or offer him an extension or anything this summer. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic shop him and try and trade him before the All-Star break. So, it, it's, it, it's really tough. I think to get a handle on Peyton because at the same time, I still think he's the best option for the magic on this team. Now their offense is struggling right now. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at some point if, if Peyton gets benched and Augustin starts and, and when Peyton gets benched, that is the ultimate sing signal that the magic are done with Alfred Peyton. Let's, let's make that really clear. When Alfred Peyton is no longer the starter of this team, that's your sign that the magic are not going to resign him because I don't think you make that decision if you're not planning for him to be part of the future. So, I think that I, I think that it's, the Magic are just in a really tough spot with Peyton. You know, I've always said that you don't give up a player who's clearly a starter unless you have a replacement in place at point guard or center, especially. And that's why Vooch has kind of held on to his spot because Vooch has been good enough. I'm beginning to think Peyton is not good enough. Um, you know, his his intensity comes and goes. Uh, and his impact, I, I think, while the plus-minus suggests it's been big, I don't see it. And I think that's definitely a, a real, real big trouble. Um, Frank Cruzen asked the existential question, would you rather make the playoffs or get a top-five pick? Um, I'd rather make the playoffs. Um, I'm not someone who believes in tanking. I'm not someone who believes in being as bad as you can be or intentionally being as bad as you can be. If you're a bad team, you're going to sink. I mean... Look, three weeks ago, the Magic were here. Now they're here. And Charlotte's not helping them and, and, and staying below them because Charlotte keeps losing too because they have injury problems. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, I don't think Orlando... Uh, the only way Orlando... I mean, look at what Orlando's done the last month. They've lost 14 of 17 games or three in whatever, they whatever you know, in, in the last however many games. And yet, they're still eighth in, in the lottery order. And yeah, Chicago's won some games, Brooklyn's won some games, so maybe the bottom is creeping up to them. I just don't think the Magic can be bad enough to get a top five pick or guarantee themselves a top five pick. They're going to rely on the lottery if they're out of the, if they're out of the draft. But right now, the Magic are slated to pick eighth. Um, they're as close to being 
in the in the bottom five. They're, they're probably closer to making the playoffs than they are to being in the bottom five. And obviously, it's a lot, um, lot higher. So I, I don't think that the Magic should be intentionally tanking. I think that this is a this is a team when healthy that has the talent to compete for the playoffs and is certainly too talented to be a bottom five team. And that was always kind of the problem a lot of people saw with this Magic roster is, what are they doing? Um, they're too talented. You know, they're too. They have too many good players to be bad. And so they're the worst kind of mediocre right now. I completely agree with that. They're the worst kind of mediocre. Too good to get a. Too good to get one of the worst pick. One of the better picks. Too bad. Not good enough to make the playoffs. And and that's definitely something that the Magic need to address. But I think that the Magic needed to continue to the to do evaluations. Honestly, at eight, you still have a shot probably at Colin Sexton. You still have a shot at Trey Young, two point guards. Um, you'll still have a shot at some some decent power forward center options like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at Michigan State. Maybe Miles Bridges slips to you there. Um, you know, there, there are some good players. I haven't done a deep dive in this draft, but I'm fairly confident that wherever the Magic pick, they'll get at least a decent role player. Maybe you want that star. Um, but you never know. You could get lucky because it is still a lottery after all. Um, KCJ Wood asked, what do you think how Mario is playing right now? Um, Mario's playing really, really well. Um, I'm really, really happy with how he's playing. He's um, I've quote, Frank Vogel really said it best. He's playing within himself right now. He's not trying to do too much. He's not turning the ball over. Um, defensively, he's sinking into the paint a little bit too much, ball watching a little bit too much. Um, but, um, but uh, uh, it, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about Mario later in the week, um, especially if he continues to play. Um, I wrote a big post on him on OrlandoMagicDaily.com uh, j- just yesterday. Um, should be up on the site right now. Uh, or front of the site right now, if you want to give that a read, get my thoughts on Mario Zonia. But I think he's playing really, really, really well. What's important for him is, again, to carve a role. He's only valuable when he's making shots. Um, otherwise, he's got to do a lot more defensively, which, honestly, Wednesday against the Clippers was his best defensive game that I've seen him play. I thought he was really disciplined, staying staying in his coverages, did a good job freelancing when he needed to to make plays, made some great defensive plays, and that's why he got the minutes, and that's why he I think he was really, really effective. You could kind of see that confidence brimming in him, and... And so building some confidence, playing a role, doing his job, that's what it's going to take to get minutes. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, <laughs> is Orlando Magic Daily a one-man show? Um, Orlando Magic Daily is not a one-man show. We do have a staff. Um, you can read our, our Orlando Magic Daily roundtable. Um, uh, we have a couple guys uh, who write, write, for, write for us. Um, I am the, I'm the site editor and manager, uh, so I do the podcast and, and everything else, and, and I do provide a, lot of, a majority of the content, um, but... Um, Orlando Magic Daily is is definitely not a one man show. Um, there's there's a great team uh, that that writes for the writes for the site, um, uh, and uh, you'll get uh, you'll get actually some of them later on today because I will not be watching tonight's Magic Pistons game uh, live or at least as closely as I would like um, uh, because I have a day job that I have to go to uh, this afternoon. So that, um, thanks thanks for the question, Frank. I, I want to give give all the love to the Orlando Magic Daily staff. They do a lot of good work for us. Um, and one actually one of the articles. Um, that I'll be talking about today uh, came out uh, earlier this week. Our Ryan Doyle uh, talked about five issues the Orlando Magic need to fix, um, five things that the Magic need to correct um, this season. There are definitely some things, some areas where the Magic need to be better. Um, they've lost a lot of games, obviously. They've struggled in a lot of areas. And some of these things were even present when the team was playing well. But obviously, first and foremost, the big thing that the Magic need to improve if they want right to sh- right the ship is defense. Um, we've talked about it a lot, and you know, again, mentioning other members of the Atlanta Magic Daily staff. Spencer Henderson wrote an interesting, art, interesting post uh, earlier this week as well, talk at, saying that the Magic need to start a defensive-minded lineup. They need to 
throw in a, um, uh, uh, you know, create a, a starting lineup or create a lineup that focuses on the defensive end and just trust that the offense will be there. And I think there, there is some merit to that, um, you know, especially when Jonathan Isaac comes back. I think with Aaron Gordon out, I think you slide Jonathan Isaac in the starting line. Honestly, when Isaac's healthy and up to speed, I think you slide him in for Jonathan Simmons and start him at the three. Um, and I think that, that that would be a really good play. Um, for the season, the Orlando Magic have slipped to 23rd in the league def- uh, in defensive rating. That's kind of where they've settled for the last few weeks. They gave up 107.1 points per 100 possessions. Um, that has been where they've really struggled, really struggled this year since November 1st. So this is essentially when the losing streak started, November 1st. Since November 1st, the Magic are 27th in the league in defensive rating, giving up 109.3 points per 100 possessions. While the Magic have struggled a lot on defense, like you would expect for a bad team, they've struggled even more on offense of late. Their offensive rating uh, since November 1st is down to 101.2. It's been really bad uh, in the last month. Uh, In December, let's say, let's just go with just December. In December, the Orlando Magic are... The Orlando Magic are playing better defense in December. They're um, currently, let me find them, 17th in the league in defensive rating in December. But in December... The Magic's offensive rating has slipped to 98.5. You can certainly blame the defense. There are, you can blame the, uh, the the injuries for that a little bit. That's 27th in the league, 98.5 offensive rating in December. You can blame the, the injuries for that a little bit. But Orlando's offense has come back down to earth and has really, really struggled to get itself going. And obviously the defense has improved a little bit. There's been some signs of defensive improvement. But overall, um, uh, but... Uh, um, uh, but overall, uh, the, the, the magic are, um, really struggling on both ends. I mean, I, I think the magic's defense has, has lifted itself up a little bit, uh, but the offense has really struggled to get the ball moving and obviously they're missing some key players and, and, and they don't have a ton of shooting. And so when that shooting came back down to earth, we're seeing the offense kind of resemble what it looked like toward the end of last season. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, um, I thought Orlando played defense well enough to win, um, win. Friday's game. And I think that's really important to say. The Magic were good enough defensively on Friday. They weren't good enough offensively, and that's why some of those lineups were really confusing because it's clear those lineups don't work offensively. And so while I think the Magic do need to keep the focus on the defensive end because that can slip very, very quickly, um, the uh, th- that, that can slip very, very quickly. I think that, um, that what we're seeing from the Magic 2 is... Uh, is the team has to has to lift itself up offensively as well, and I think that that's um, that's 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 a big thing. But there are definitely some other parts to this that go beyond defense. Uh, you know, one of the areas where the Magic really struggle is on the glass. Believe it or not, uh, when you look at the whole season, Orlando's defensive rebound rate, so essentially the percentage of rebound opportunities um, that defensively on the defensive side. The Orlando Magic are 28th in the league with a 75.8% defensive rebound rate. Essentially, this means that opponents grab one out of every four offensive rebound. So a quarter of of misses go to the opponent. Those are, again, opportunities the Magic miss to to get a defensive stop. Um, Second chance opportunities, second chance points that the Magic, or second chance point potential that the Magic are giving up. That is really big deal, honestly. 
Um, when you look at um, some of the some of the deeper stats here, when you look at say opponent opponent points in the paint, um, your opponent second chance points. You know the Magic give up 13 and a half second chance points per game. That's 23rd in the league. Which considering how many rebounds they're giving up, maybe isn't the worst. But that again, those are points you're giving up. I mean, you look at the teams that are giving up a lot of second chance points. Really, only Toronto is in the bottom is in the bottom of the league with giving up a lot. I mean, Golden State gives up about the same amount as the Magic do. So it's not correlative, but for a team that with such a small margin for error and a poor defense, that's big. You look at opponent points in the paint too, that's been an area the Magic have struggled all year, even when they were playing well. Orlando gives up 49 points in the paint per game. 29th in the league. This has been a problem that the Magic have had consistently, and it's easy to point the finger at Nikola Vucevic. Um, I talked a little bit about his statistical impact for the team, but... He is one of the, you know, among centers who play a lot of minutes, among centers who play 15 minutes per game, he is the 10th worst at at, field, at opponent field goal percentage at the rim. And so Orlando is giving up a lot of points in the paint. They're giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. That would make sense that they're struggling a bit to, uh, to, to, to get the team going in that direction. Um, so... Uh, you know, it, it's it's th- there are there are some problems under the surface. Obviously, injuries. Magic have to get healthy. Obviously, defense has to improve. Obviously, offense has to improve. It's duh, but there are definitely some things the Magic have had to work on all year. They've been fine with turnovers. It's usually something that you watch for, but they've been fine with turnovers. Honestly, I think their shot selection has been pretty okay. Ball movement has to pick up. The Magic are one of the uh, one of the highest assist percentage teams in the league as well. Um, so. They, they have to just find a way. I mean, this is really what it comes down to. We're, we're looking at a team that probably has a ceiling that's mediocre at best, or, you know, kind of middle of the league. Um, but um, but it, it's definitely an issue for the Magic that, you know, they can't, they, they can't finish possessions and get stops. Um, they give up a lot of points in the paint. These are things that have been recurring throughout the year. And, you know, when the team was playing well and I was looking at those numbers, I was saying giving up a lot of points in the paint, that's probably not a good sign. Eventually, that came to roost, and eventually the Magic uh, faded away. So lots for the Magic to work on. Number one thing, though, is to get healthy. That is something that they absolutely have to do. I'm going to run through your comments here, and then we'll close up today's show. Um, some of the bad defense is a lack of desire and effort. It just is. Um, I don't like using those words, but the Magic definitely don't have the best defenders. Evan Fournier is not a great defender. Um, Aaron Gordon, I, I don't like him defensively at the four. I want to see him and Jonathan Isaac on the floor more so they can kind of use employ that switching that we all like. Um, so Nikola Vujovic, obviously we know his defensive shortcomings at this point. So um, while I think he's playing very, very well defensively right now and trying really, really hard, um, you can still see that, that opponents want to attack and want to put pressure on him. Um, Alfred Payton is not a good defender at this point in his, in his career. Um, I think, I think we, that, that ship has sailed on him, that he kind of is the player that he is. Um, Donald also comments, Vucevic used to be a monster on the boards. Rebounding has dropped dramatically over the past couple of years. Um, it, yeah, it has. And, and, and the, the theory that, 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 uh, Yintas Lysis, uh, sorry if I mispronounced that, um, said, you know, said because he started uh, to play further from the paint. Um, I think there is something to that. I think Vucevic's rebounding rate has gone down because of that. His rebounding this year has gone up a little bit. Um, he's back to kind of his normal levels, I think, um, you know, about nine rebounds per game. But uh, again, Generally, just getting back to that rebound issue, I ask this question all the time. Who is the best rebounder on the Magic? Um, The easy answer is to say Nikola Vucevic, but we're obviously talking about how he's struggling a bit defensive uh, on the rebounding, um, uh, uh, rebounding again. 
Um, so obviously there, there, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, some might say Aaron Gordon, he's right behind Nikola Vucevic in rebounds per game. And I would say, yeah, Aaron's an okay rebounder. I think his bot, you know, again, a lot of the Magic's problems is they don't, they don't box out, but, um, you know, he's uh, very aggressive on the glass and I think he's an okay rebounder. Bismack Biombo, his problem with his hands on offense goes to his hands on defense, on defense, on the defensive glass. He'll fumble balls and, and won't catch them cleanly to get them out, get it out quickly for transition opportunities. Um, so that's a problem. You know, you don't want to say your point guard's your best rebound, but Alfred Payne's a good rebounder for his position. Mario Zonia, I think, is a um, a better rebounder for his position. Um, you know, so Vucevic is hanging around 9, 10 rebounds per game. That's probably where you want him to be. Um, you know, I think uh, Donald says, I think Vucevic can average 11, 12 rebounds a night, but he just doesn't. Um, you know, I caution that a little bit. Uh, when Vucevic was averaging 12, 13 rebounds per game, a lot of it was coming because he was closer to the basket and was kind of getting tip-in rebounds, so he'd get a lot, you know, like two or three attempts at the rim real fast, and th- that inflated his rebound total a little bit. Um, but I will say this: we haven't seen a Vucevic twenty rebound game in some time. I do think that that is indicative of something. Again, probably he's been moved away from the paint too much on offense, where he can't get those little bunny rebounds um, and get a lot of rebounds in succession. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think, has been stuck hunting a little bit, trying to get rebounds. Um, so I think we have seen Vucevic's rebounding numbers go up since the injury. Um, and he's been at 14, 15, 16 rebounds, which is a really good number, obviously. Um, the raw rebound number is not what's important. It's rebound rate that matters, how, how, you know, what percentage of rebounds you're getting. Uh, and this year, uh, you know, let me pull this up real fast since we're talking about it. This year, Nikola Vucevic's rebound rate has started to climb back to what I think we would call a normal, healthy level for him. Uh, looking at the stats here, uh, when uh, Vucevic's highest rebound rate uh, with the Magic is 20.2%. His first year, it's fluctuated, and actually, I'm looking at it. His total rebound rate is down to 16.8% because his offensive rebound rate is the lowest it's been in his career at 6.2%. His defensive rebound rate this year is at 27.4%. Uh, so essentially, he's grabbing uh, 27% of all defensive rebounds available to him. Um are all rebounds available to him on the defensive side of the ball. Um, his average with Orlando is 27.2, so he's about at his average. Um, he had a 22.2 year in, 20, in 2016. The big difference with Lucevic's rebounds, like I said, is his offensive rebound rate has just dropped dramatically this year. Um, that's not as much of a concern for me, I don't think. Um, I think that what we're really seeing there is Lucevic is pulled away from the basket more. He's taking more threes. He's working on the elbows and the perimeter a lot more. Um, and so he's not around the glass to get offensive rebounds. And, and I, I don't think offensive rebounds are necessarily a, a huge deal for the Magic um, or something that they're, they're going for specifically. So I don't think that's a big deal if, if, you're, um, if you're looking for it. So I think Vucevic's rebound numbers are pretty, are pretty important. Um, you know, uh, Vuce is obviously a very de- divisive guy. Um, I, I, th- I think generally people like him. I, think, I, I don't think it's divisive as, oh, they hate, they hate him. It's everyone kind of knows that the Magic are kind of being held, not held back, but everyone knows that, that that there is a ceiling on what what the Magic can do with Vucevic as their starting center. Um, and I think everyone kind of knows after five years it's, it's it, it might just be time. But at the moment, as Phil Harlow notes, as, as I noted in a post earlier this week, Vuce's offensive skills are priceless on this team despite any defensive deficiency. I agree with that right now. Um, while I think the Magic should continue to be looking for upgrades at every position, um, I think that Nikola Vucevic provides a ton to this team offensively. 
And so uh, we can't discredit that or discount that um, at all. At all. The Orlando Magic took on the Detroit Pistons in what turned out to be an exciting game, a very interesting game, and and uh, a game that uh, is sure to, to leave a lot of people thinking, well, what's going on with the Magic? Why didn't the Magic play this way before or or whatever the case may be, as, as, as has been the case throughout the year. Sometimes the Magic need a little kick in the butt to, to get themselves over the top and, and, and playing with the urgency that they need. And sometimes, you know, it just comes down to making or missing shots. This was a very strange game for a lot of reasons, but the Orlando Magic, the, the nuts and bolts of it are, the Orlando Magic found themselves down by 24 points to the Detroit Pistons in the fourth quarter. Looked like Detroit was going to coast to an easy win. The Pistons were making three-pointers left and right. The Magic were not really providing much resistance defensively. And it seemed like Orlando was just destined to go to another defeat. And they were, because they're, they're now 11-20. and 20. But Orlando down by 24 points all of a sudden seemed to find that, that engine and find that ability. And it's not that, that, that they were down 24 and they really should have been down 24. They definitely should have been losing the game, but Detroit was making a lot of threes. Orlando was trying to keep pace and couldn't. And then all of a sudden, Orlando started hitting all their shots and Detroit couldn't buy a bucket, especially around the, around the rim. And Orlando's defense really ratcheted up. Orlando put in a very strong effort over the last six or seven minutes of this game to get themselves back in it. And at a 19-0 run later, a 19-0 run later, Orlando found themselves down by five with two and a half minutes to play. During that run, Orlando did a fantastic job getting open shots, keeping the ball moving. moving. Uh, Frank Vogel apparently encouraged them to take quick shots to kind of increase the intensity and the tempo that the Magic uh, were playing with. It, it, it did seem like a very lazy game to that point in some respects. Lazy and slow, meaning a very slow-paced game. But um, but the Magic were getting the points, and the confidence fed on the defensive end. Orlando played a lot better defensively, challenged shots better, got out to three-point line better. Nikola Vucevic was a rock defensively once again. I, I know it's strange to hear, to hear us say that, especially after the way he played earlier in the year. But he continues to be a, a strong defensive player. Uh, for Orlando during the stretch. Uh, and the ball kept moving. He made shots. Orlando made shots. Mario Zonia made shots. And Orlando eventually found themselves down by five. Of course, they did run out of time, and they did run out of momentum. Mario Zonia missed a three down five that would have cut the lead to two. Tobias Harris follows up with a layup, and the Magic are down seven with about two minutes to go. And that is about all they could do. They could not get over the hump. They could not get the, the victory that they needed. And in much the same way that the Magic lost games to the LA Clippers and the Portland Trailblazers, it just felt like they didn't quite have enough to get the win, to, to get where they needed to go. Um, it, it, it's disappointing in some respects because the Magic offense certainly played a lot better than it's played in a while. Um, it, it made, you know, definitely some pockets of inconsistency. The Magic seemed to find a lineup that works a little bit better. Uh, starting Shelvin Mack at shooting guard instead of Wessel Wundu. Getting Jonathan Isaac back obviously helped a ton too. Um, but Orlando just Orlando just was struggling to to kind of keep momentum up. And when they got momentum, it was it, it just built on itself. And then you could just kind of see it kind of glowing off of them. Uh, when they didn't have it, they didn't have it. Uh, and didn't have it in a big way because, of course, Detroit sets a franchise record with 17 made three-pointers. They made 17 of 34 three-pointers in shooting 47.6% for the game, as well as 13 for 16 from the foul line. Orlando did a lot of really good things, 
but the three-pointers were just too much. Reggie Bullock scored 20 points, made four of six. Tobias Harris made three of five in his 17 points. Reggie Jackson made three of seven in his 17 points. Anthony Tolliver hit five of seven in his 17 points. Just too many guys making three-pointers, killing momentum. You could sense some of the frustration defensively. Orlando was struggling to get out to them. Even when they were, Detroit was making them. There's not a lot you can do about that. But again, I, I, I would say this too. Orlando put themselves in that bad bad position at times. Um, even in the first quarter, the game was tied, I think, 23 before Detroit went on a big run to go up by about 10 or 12 points. Uh, even though the Magic were giving up these three-pointers early in the game, they uh, they they were able to stay in the game because they were attacking the basket, getting to the rim, and and getting easy shots, whether they're making them or not, is was was another issue and an, an issue that that kind of killed momentum too. Um, Orlando got some great games in this one. Mario Zonia scored a career high 28 points, made eight of 12 three pointers, 10 of 18 from the floor. Generally stayed within himself, uh, turned it over twice. Both times came when he tried to do a little too much off the dribble. He works great as a spot-up shooter, made his shots. He's making his shots right now, which I think changes his game completely, completely changes his outlook. I, I know a lot of people are, are like right now thinking, why did the Magic turn down his option? It, it, I agree. I don't think you ever turn down that option with a player um, if, you, if you have any inkling that he can be decent. And, and I think Azonia, there, even though he's struggled for the last three years, there are inklings that he could be decent. Um, and so I, I think that the Magic were, I don't think that was a smart decision by Orlando to turn down that option. But nevertheless, I think that um, we're seeing Hazonia what he can do with some, with some minutes. He's playing smart, he's accepting a role, and he's playing that role really, really well. And obviously, uh, reaping the benefits, a big game. The Magic are nowhere without Mario Hazonia. But really, to me, the MVP of the game is Nikola Vucevic once again. 24 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks. 10 for 20 field goals, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc. He was everything for the Magic. They were playing through him, letting him work the high post. Um, did a great job. He even attacked off the dribble against Andre Drummond. Uh, he is playing some very, very smart basketball right now. Honestly, the best basketball we've seen him play in a very long time. Uh, if not the best basketball we've ever seen him play. His defense is on point right now. I, I, I noticed this while watching the game. I kind of feel like Nikola Vucevic hits a rhythm defensively, much like a shooter hits a rhythm offensively. Right now, he's setting his angles really well. He's challenging really well. He's, he's Someone lit a fire under him to, to play at a much higher level defensively, or he just he, something just clicked with him. You know, like they, they found the way to make it work. Um, and so Vucevic, I thought, played some incredible defense throughout the night, um, made it difficult for for the the uh, for the Pistons to score on him, and of course, um, when you you know kind of break things down there, uh, he did just such a tremendous job. A great game from him. Jonathan Simmons, twenty three points, seven assists, six rebounds, ten for nineteen shooting. Did a good job attacking the basket. I thought um, struggled a little bit to make shots at the rim early in the game. Made up for it late in the game. Made some great plays. Uh, you know, Simmons is hit, is very hot or cold, hit or miss. Um, I think with with him, but when he's scoring well, you can kind of see how dynamic and interesting this offense can be. It today, I mean, it's weird. The Magic have been so bad offensively for this past month. Uh, their offense came to play today for the most part, uh, but their defense just did not, and, and and that's been the odd part. And and I guess you know that's the inconsistency of a team with so many injuries and so much unknown for them. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, the Magic are. I think the Magic are still kind of figuring things out there, and I think the Magic are still trying to, to to get their legs under them. Jonathan Isaac made his return after nearly after more than a month out. 
Missed all four of his shots, one for two from the foul line, two rebounds, two turnovers. Definitely rusty. You could you could see the rust on him. He was rushing a lot of things. He tried to attack, you know, missed missed some missed some shots on the attacks. Um, good aggressive attacks. Uh, I thought that he moved around out there well. Just didn't have his wind on him. I, I think that he was definitely winded. I think that he was definitely tired. And I think uh, getting right back into an NBA game, it, it was definitely a little bit too much of an adjustment. The Orlando Magic end up shooting 48.1% from the floor. They're 17 of 33 from beyond the arc. Left some points on the free throw line, 11 for 17. But otherwise, did what they needed to do to win the game, at least statistically. They put themselves in position to win. 19-0 run helps. They dug themselves too deep of a hole, and I think the Magic will have to figure out a way to make sure they play with the same kind of urgency and intensity early on to make these kind of games easy. The bench is still an issue. The bench still struggled a little bit. DJ Augustin was fine with 12 points, but the bench... It, it, there's just not a lot of scoring there, um, you know, just unfortunately. And, and I think Orlando still has to work to stagger lineup, something they did not do again in this game. They played Jamel Artis uh, instead of Marie Spates. Helped a little bit. Jamel Artis was was okay, um, kind of was a club trillion there for a while. Ended up with just a rebound. Uh, but Orlando, I think, needs to really consider staggering lineups. I know Simmons still played 36 minutes. Um, you know, if, if if the Magic can trust his Zonia a little bit more, he played only 31 minutes. Maybe that's an option you can go to or... Uh, or, or, or something to that effect. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to stagger minutes, I, I agree. But, you know, you're deep at point guard. You, you can find a way to do it. Um, yeah, I think you're deep on the wings, too. I think you can find a way to do it, especially now that Isaac is back. And I think that will alleviate a lot of pressure um, as the Magic fell behind by a big margin there in the second quarter and especially at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter. So, Orlando's still got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, if, if you want to look for moral victories, I suppose... You could say Orlando played a really, you know, you know, play didn't play a great effort against the Clippers and still hung tough. They played a better effort against Portland, but just couldn't get over the hump offensively. In this game, they brought the offense. They they played with some good energy, especially late in the game. They fought hard. That's something. But at the end of the day, it's still a loss, and the Magic are still 11 in 19, heading to Chicago for a game Wednesday against the surging Chicago Bulls. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast as well as Locked on Magic for this recap of, of, uh, of the game against the Detroit Pistons. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look, uh, including an early Christmas edition look at the NBA draft on Monday, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, you can always drop us a line at Orland, at omagicdaily on Twitter. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.